Um, God, you know, began to teach me this um, a couple of months ago, and so I want to share it with you all. And so he's actually still developed me in this area of love and not thinking it's just giving um, gifts and it's not just um, loving when you want to and, um, not, and not just loving the people you want to love, but this goes a little bit deeper. So I want to share some things from the Hebrew and what it really means. And you can say ouch and then but correct it, okay? So we're going to do that. So we're talking about the proof is in how you love. So proof, I want to read this quote first of all, which is a scripture actually, 1 Peter 4, 8. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Encourage each other and build each other up. Now, that's not part of 1 Peter 4, 8, but that we're talking about above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Isn't this wonderful? And then I just want to encourage us to encourage each other and build each other up. When you build people up, it actually helps them um, really to sin less. And we'll, we'll talk about some things and some choices that we make in life. So we're talking about the proof. Once again, go to Dancy Jones Morris on our Facebook page and share this. Um, drop a line on there. You can always call in um, every Sunday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The call in, as my husband said earlier, 646-668-2413, 646-668-2413. All right, listen. We're talking about proof, so we're talking about some evidence. I'm going to present some evidence. I'm going to I'm going to kind of take this as if we're in court. Now, the great thing about this court that I'm in right now, you can't really dispute it because unless you want to call in, dispute this, and if that's the case, you're actually going to go against the word of God. So I challenge you, if you want to take that on, you be bad and bold. I'm probably not going to partake in that, though, just letting you know. So here's the thing. I'm presenting some evidence and some uh, argument to establish um, or helping to establish a fact or, or the, and the truth of what the proof is and how you love. So you gain evidence by the way you love, and I'm going to talk about that. So let's turn to Genesis 22-2, Genesis 22-2, just give you a second to get there. I am going to read it. There are several scriptures we are going to talk about, several scriptures where I'm going to present as um, my proof, my evidence, my argument, my case that there is evidence in how you love. You're going to you're going to see something by how you love. And so we're going to talk about how because there's a part two next week are the results the, of love and how you love. So we're going to talk about tonight how to love. So first of all, I want you to realize Genesis 22, two that love is definitely a sacrifice. That's number one. Love is a sacrifice. I will read this scripture, Genesis 22.2. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. This particular thing is... um, a sacrifice, and in the Hebrew, it's just an offering that God accepts. It's an offering that God accepts. It is not just anything. It's offering up something for not for your gain. It's offering up something to God that he deems as acceptable. And so many times we want to give of something that we feel is a sacrifice because we don't like it or we don't, um, it hurts us or feels us, but he's not worried about necessarily the hurt or your feelings. He's concerned with what you offer and how you offer and is it acceptable? Is it a sweet aroma to his nostrils? And he gives us several things in the scriptures that is, that is um, a guide for us, a help for us, in order to offer up the right offering, in order to give of something that he finds the right thing. We don't determine that. And so sacrifice, John ten seventeen. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures to go on to. John ten seventeen, and you guys correct me, Romans 5, 8. John ten seventeen. Romans 5, 8. John ten seventeen. John, the 10th chapter, 17th verse. Romans, the 5th chapter, the 8th verse. 
Here's John 10, 17. Therefore, my father loved me because I laid down my life that I may take it again. Now, this scripture I'm going to read a couple of times because it belongs in another area of how to love. So in this particular scripture, it says, he loves me because I laid down my life. Jesus, he loves me because I give a sacrifice that he accepts. He loves me. He gives to me. He sacrificed for me, in other words, because we're talking about love. He gives to me, and I benefit from it because I laid down, I sacrificed my life. That I may take it again. That's the part that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Romans 5, 8. I'm just, I'm, I'm making my argument, my statement before the court. Here we go. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let me talk about the sacrifice. God sacrificed by demonstrating his own love, his, his, his being of love, his um, act of love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There are certain people that seem to be unlovable. He loved us in a state. He sacrificed himself in a state um, to, the, to the point, I would say. He sacrificed to the point um, while we were in a nasty state. This is true sacrifice. I think about, you know, <clears throat> players on the field, and players on the field will they'll, they'll get on and They'll make sure to take a hit sometimes, you know, and I don't know all the different positions, but they'll take a hit on the field to protect something, someone, to protect someone, and in their protection sometimes they get hurt. They sacrifice themselves, team, and so that they can win. They, but the person sometimes, gets the brunt of that or what we consider the bad deal <laughs> of it. But they sacrifice, they gave on themselves as a, something that is acceptable for the team. I'm reminded that there's a couple of football players recently that have been hurt and one was laying in the hospital. I think it was something with his spine. I can't think of the name right now. But I want you to think about the hit that he took in order that the team may gain. This is what we're talking about. Um, we're also talking about Romans 12.10. Go to that. So what, what, what Christ did, he gave of himself even for the sinners. There's some people on the team that, A, either never play, A, or just have a bad attitude on the team, but yet and still there is a team member that will sacrifice regardless, will give of themselves regardless of what um, the uh, some of the others are like or their attitude or their disposition, and that's called the sacrifice. This is a sacrifice for, um, for um, 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 in the Hebrew we're talking about, offering up something that's better for, that's for God but is not for you. And so, yes, you may want the better deals, the better football deals, basketball deals, but your sacrifice, I am reminded of players on a basketball team because they are hurt or they don't want to play, even with sometimes with smaller injuries, so that they don't end up taking away the game, meaning that the win for the game. And so they'll sit out for a little bit in order to make sure the team can do better because they don't want their weakness to fall on the team. And so sometimes we have to sacrifice our personal gain in order for the gain of others. We're talking about brotherly sacrifice, Romans 12.10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. This is saying simply, love one another as Jesus loves you. Love one another with brotherly love. And so love them in the, to the fact that in spite of the fact that you know that they're going to send you to the cross, you still have to call them friend. You still have to say, you are my brother. 
You know, you got to love them such a way that it's affection, and it's brotherly affection. This is not the type of affection between a man and a woman. This is affection that, according to the scriptures, this is affection where you will lift up your brother. You will be your brother's keeper, your sister's keeper. This is the kind of love that we are to have, and that's the kind of love that will sacrifice ourselves, and it will be sweet until God. So the first thing is, and how you love, love is a sacrifice. Number two, um, love is um, also something that is proactive, proactively and aggressively um, receiving. Love is receiving something. So let me just, let me talk about this. Um, Genesis twenty four sixty seven. go to that for me. Genesis twenty four sixty seven, and also Song of Solomon 3, 2. We're also going to go to Song of Solomon 2 2. Genesis 24 67. Y'all check me to make sure I'm reading the scriptures right. And Song of Solomon 3 2. Song of Solomon 2 2. Once again, you can also go to my Facebook page, um, leave notes, messages. Um, that's Dancia Jones Morris. And let me know your thoughts on these things, um, what I'm teaching on tonight. This is just teaching. I want to go to the Bible tonight. So Genesis twenty four sixty seven. I'm taking the the fact that he took her. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Now the the part of scripture I want is the A scripture. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebecca, and she became his wife. Listen, in the Hebrew. Um, the language, the Hebrew language, I'm not sure that's how you say Hebrew language, but anyway, he took her. What this means is to receive, aggressively receive, and accept with initiative. This is, the, this is not a reactive or reluctant type of, 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 of love. This is open and willing love. This, this, this rocked me. This is the type of love that's open it's it, it's taking initiative, so it's proactive love, and it's willing love. Listen, listen. When 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 he took Rebecca, she became his wife. Something so intimate, but he took her aggressively, saying, "I am going to accept this." I'm reminded of a gift. Um, of a gift my, my husband gave me. I'm just going to use this one because I'm looking at it right now, for one. Um, it's a, it's a, those who know me know I like cowboys. Whatever you can say, whatever, cowboys, cowboys, cowboys. I bought some more material this week and make some stuff for my car and put it in my car and all that stuff. So I'm going to make that stuff and put it on my headrest. I'm going to make some seed covers if I can. I'm, I'm, it's cowboys. I don't care what y'all say. I'm going to talk about this place love, too, in a minute. <laughs> so this, when he gave me this blanket, now I really do like the Cowboys. I don't love them, but I really do like the Cowboys, the Cowboys team, Dallas Cowboys, just so you don't get it confused. And he gave me this um, throw with, with the comfort. I snatched it and immediately kept it. He also gave me a Snuggie. And so I, I got it and took it, and I'm looking at that right now, as a matter of fact, too, and I cherish it. Not just because he gave it to me, because I chose to receive it aggressively. I chose to accept it, and I did it pro willingly. He willingly gave it, openly gave it. He gave it without, I hope, without hesitation or reluctance. I don't know. He knows I like him. But he bought it, so I, I took it and made it mine. I want you to understand that. I took it and made it mine. I took the initiative to make sure I made it mine. Well, let's go to Song of Solomon 3.2. I will rise now, I said, and go about the city. In the streets and in the squares, I will seek the one I love. Oh, my. Initiative. He went after. Or he went after. I, I'm seeking the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. This is she talking. I'm sorry. I, I sought him but I did not find him. Love is, 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 is this taking, this aggressive reception, also, this initiative requires us to go out and seek out who to love, 
whom to love. We This kind of love, listen to me, people of God, we have got to seek people to love them. If we... They're going to present themselves, and you have to take initiative to show love. This is so profound. It will change your whole mindset of how you treat people and how you feel about people if you take this initiative to be open and willing. Song of Solomon 2.2, not being reactive but seeking. Like a lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Among the daughters, I said daughters, among the daughters. Song of Solomon 2.2, like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. This is referring to a woman. So it's saying this, there's thorns, but there's this beautiful lily among them. I still love her. I really love her because even amongst everybody else, I choose her. I take the initiative. I openly and willingly Take her as my love. Oh, my God, you can't beat Song of Solomon. My God, like a lily, a flower among thorns. It didn't, didn't matter that she was around. She She's enthroned with bad stuff or stuff that could hurt. Still goes after, if you ring Song of Solomon, still goes after her even amongst the mess taking the initiative, being proactive to pick that lily up out from the thorns. Oh, my God. And, and you know, it's so. I think of a rose and how it has those thorns on there, but yet people still go out and pick roses. And guess what? Many people love roses, even though it has the thorns on them. doesn't make a difference. You willingly and openly receive those roses, mostly red roses or yellow roses are absolutely beautiful, um, dyed roses, you really accept these roses even though you know there's a possibility that you're going to get stuck by the thorn. The initiative, it's, it's the aggressively reception of it. So you receive it openly and willingly. I can't get into too much of that, but there's so much more to that. So love is sacrifice, and love is also taking to uh, receive. The third one, love is a choice. Listen. Genesis twenty five twenty eight. Genesis twenty five twenty eight. And I want you to also get Psalm ninety seven ten. Genesis twenty five twenty eight and Psalm ninety seven ten. You may need pen and paper because I have more. Genesis twenty five twenty eight and Psalm ninety seven ten. I'll give you a second. Here's the third one. Love is a choice. Love is an option. It doesn't just and I had to learn this. Love doesn't just um, turn off, you choose to turn it off. You make a decision to turn it off or turn it on. Love is a self-chosen opinion. <laughs> it's a decision that you make. It, it, it's being decisive that I choose to love or I choose not to love. Now, I, I, I you know, oh, my God, let's read this. Uh, let's read this. Genesis twenty-five twenty-eight. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. Mm. But Rebecca loved Jacob. Here's the choice. Rebecca loved Jacob. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebecca loved Jacob. Didn't didn't want nothing to do with Esau, but want something to do with Jacob. Here's the choice. You make a decision to love someone regardless of their state. You make a decision to love someone regardless of um, it's making the conscious choice, choosing self-chosen opinion. It is not someone else that influences you to love. It is your choice. And what I had to learn was I either choose it or not choose it now. It's being decisive, Psalm 97.10 with the now. You who love the Lord hate evil. Make a decision. You either love the Lord and hate evil or you love evil and you hate the Lord. There is no in-between. Oh, my God. It's a self-chosen opinion. Not a mama chosen, a daddy chosen, a brother chosen, a sister chosen, your friend 
you love a girl over there, you love a boy over there, um, your, your, your mistress or mister, it's none of that. You choose to love. Can't be your girlfriend, can't be your children. You choose. Love is self-chosen. Oh, my God. Psalm 9710, you who love the Lord hate evil. Choose. He preserves the souls of his saints. This is why it's so good to love the Lord. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Lots of wicked going on. That's why you got to hate evil. It's not to say that you hate the wicked, but you hate the evil the wicked does. And when you do that, you're saying you love the Lord. And when you love the Lord, he will preserve your soul. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Say hallelujah right there. And he will deliver you out of the hands of the wicked. There are some wicked things going on in places I go each and every day. I tell you this. If you love the Lord and hate evil, make it known that you hate the evil, not just the person and not the person. That's what I really mean. Not the person, but the evil the person does. You make that known in its proper place and proper setting and proper time. He will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked. So love is a choice. So if you choose to love, you are choosing deliverance. If you choose to love, you are choosing to have your soul preserved. Hallelujah right there. Thank you, Jesus. Here's a quote. Be kind to one another. Just that simple. Just be kind to one another. Be kind to one another. And there's times when we don't want to be kind. It, love requires us to be kind regardless. If we say that we are his, we have to be kind. It is rough sometimes to be kind to some people, but God teaches us how to love the unlovable. Oh, my God. He teaches us. Let's go to the the, the fourth one. So love is a sacrifice. Love is aggressively receiving. Love is a choice. And then love requires serving. Love requires serving. You cannot tell me you love someone if you don't serve them. There is no way. The Bible teaches us. Genesis 29:18, Genesis 29:18, John 12:25, John 12:25, Romans 13:10 for those who are writing down. Genesis 29:18, John 12:25, Romans 13:10. You cannot say that you love someone and you don't serve them. People don't like service. They like customer service, but they don't like service. And serving means that you're going to actually have to sacrifice yourself to the other and for the other. So here's the thing. It requires serving. Genesis 2918, I'm sorry. Now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Seven years to get somebody. He labored for her. When you serve, you labor for someone. You chase after. It, it, listen, it, the world has it so twisted that it's saying that I love you, but I don't do nothing for you. What have we lost every ounce of understanding of love in the body of Christ when we say we love, but we do nothing for the next, we don't even pray for them. We don't lift them up. We don't encourage. We won't put our money where our mouth is in service. We won't give up our time. Now, I understand that there are moments and seasons and all that good stuff, but if you never labor, which requires some physical things at times, you never labor, how can you demonstrate your divine and true love? John twelve twenty five. he who loves his life will lose it. Oh, my. He who loves his life will lose it, serving. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I'm going to switch to spiritually. Spiritually, if you love your life, you're going to lose it, meaning that if you won't give up yourself, you won't, you won't ever have the destiny that God has called you to. I'm going to let me just go here. This 
This requires us to understand in the spiritual that God has not called us for ourselves. We think that's true, but he has called us, especially those who claim and declare the gospel, who preach the, who say there are the fivefold ministry, but never give up themselves and always want to gain for themselves. Not There's nothing wrong with getting something for yourself because he wants you to love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. And, and love yourself is very, so we'll talk about it another time, is next, next week. But listen, he wants you to love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. And so when you put yourself ahead of God and neighbor, you're going to lose your life. Why is that? Because you will not understand the true meaning of your existence here, which is first to bless and praise God, and you also do that by loving your neighbor, by serving your neighbor, by giving of yourself. It does me great joy to be able to give to people. I try to take I try to stop it for years and take it back, but it is it is my existence to give. Not being taken advantage of, but sometimes you do it until you become a victim. But I'm gonna tell you in the end, God will reward you. Here's the next piece. John twelve twenty five. Um again, he loves he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That means giving of yourself in this world, and then you gain eternal life. Eternal life comes first through um, um, Romans um, 10, 9, 10. I think it was corrected from all 10, 9, 10. And it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thy heart that God has raised him, Jesus, from the dead, then you shall be saved. For it is with the mouth that men believe unto, right, unto righteousness. Um, um, on, and, and with the mouth confession is made. I'm going to get that scripture if I can say it right. So y'all, y'all, um, I'll get back to that one because I I can't mess that up. That is the that is the 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 foundation of of um of of Christianity and salvation. I cannot mess that up, and I've been messing it up lately. And I need to get that back. But we're going to come back to that in just a second. Listen, it is so important for us to love the Lord, to confess that, to live according to his word, and to be able to accept salvation. It is, in, it is, in, it, it is critical that we accept salvation and confess it, believe it in our hearts. And so let me let me just make sure I say that, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans ten nine ten. Let's go to the next part. Romans thirteen ten. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Oh, when I read this um, a few weeks ago, again, I realized how I wasn't showing love in this world, and then I read it again this week, and I realized that. My tongue is so sharp sometimes, it causes harm. I want you to understand, I had to confess, and this is being totally transparent. Um, it was two nights ago. I said, Lord, um, you never hurt me. Hallelujah. And I can run to you. I want to be a place where people can run to because they see your love through me. I cannot do that if my tongue is so sharp that I cause harm to people. And sometimes I realize that sometimes I don't. So I'm learning to accept the criticism. So listen, love does no harm to a neighbor. All these people that saying, I loved her so much so I had to kill her. I loved him so much so I had to, I had to, I'm going to slice the tires and all this crazy stuff I've been hearing at, you know, different places. What? You don't really love them because you're causing harm to them. If if you cause harm, if we cause harm to one another, people, we've got to get this right. We have not shown the love of God. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. If we love, if we love people and do no harm to our neighbor, Ooh, isn't that good stuff? That's good stuff. Don't do harm unto your neighbor. Oh my God, that's good stuff. Here's a quote: May they love one another in brotherly affection. Listen to this, outdoing one another in honor. 
<laughs> May they love one another in brotherly affection, outdoing one another in honor. Did you guys hear that? Y'all say yes. I know I can't hear you, but just say yes. You know, it's so important if we if we get in competition, friendly competition, to love one another and outdo one another in honor, guess what will happen in this world? And don't get the big head about it and high respect, have high respect for one another, high esteem. Um, if we do this kind of, uh, show this kind of love, can you imagine what your world will be like? When I say your world, your sphere of influence, your surrounding, your community, your city, your um, area code, zip code, your county, your state, your um, region, your tribe, your family, your workplace. Imagine if we held each other to high esteem and respect what would happen in our surroundings by trying to outdo one another with respect, just respect. Oh, Lord. Okay, so we have first how to love, proof of any love. Love is a sacrifice. Love is about aggressively receiving, being open and willing. Love is a choice, is a decision, your self-chosen opinion. Love is requires service. And here's the thing. Love is not displaced love, not the love I'm talking about. The kind of love I'm talking about is a love that's in the right place. So listen to this. Oh, my. Genesis 27.4, Genesis 27.4, write that down, Psalm 4.2, Psalm 4.2, and Luke 15.14. Genesis 27.4, Psalm 4.2, Luke 15.14. So a lot of us say we love food, and I really, 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 really like food, you know. I really do. Listen to this scripture, Genesis 27:4, And make me savory food such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, I'm just going to use the scripture in the context of the of the of the this particular passage, um, it means something a little bit different. But I want you to get this: a lot of us love things more than we love God, more than we even love people. We will protect, and there's some people that will protect an animal over the life of a human being. I'm not saying that we shouldn't adore. Animals, but they don't have a soul that goes to heaven or hell. People do. And I know someone's not going to like this. I truly do love animals. The thing is, and I, let me tell you, I wouldn't hurt an animal, but you can't do more for an animal than you do for God's creation, his created human being, his created human being who can talk back to you. Now, now sometimes it's it feels better to have an animal who will love you more than people would, who won't seem to hurt you like people will, who won't do the things that people will do to you. But God says we have to have love in its right perspective and its right place. And some of us love, our love is displaced. And that's why you see some of the things happening in family members, with family members with killings, you know, and a mindset that they think they love for those sacrifice of babies. Not the love of Jesus, the love of God is not displaced. You won't put something above the way God says to love. Psalm four two, how long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Selah. This scripture is talking about loving the things that are false. Listen, miracle signs and wonders are of God, but there were some that tried to imitate and mock what God was doing, 
and as a result, people believe falsities. Now, when you get excited over people coming to see you and not Jesus, not God, when you're seeking people and not seeking God, seeking the dead and not seeking God, you now have displaced love. I'm going to say that again. You now have displaced love. Nothing, absolutely nobody, no one, no thing should come before God. And if you have God first, you will then have properly assigned love because you'll have a better understanding. Okay. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Luke fifteen fourteen. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him, derided him. The Pharisees, these bunch of people, but, you know, what, whatever, God, God died for us all. Jesus died for us all. They were lovers of money. This says the love of money is the root of all evil, not money. Listen, the lovers of money are the root of all evil, um, is the root, the love of money is the root of all evil. Lovers of money, you can have displaced love by loving things. And the scripture says, and they derided him. Why? Because they had displaced love. They didn't keep him first and set God aside. When someone, I, I, you know, you be careful. And be understanding. A lot of people out there say, well, why didn't they love me? You know, especially, I'm talking about in the body of Christ. Why doesn't someone love me? What happened to that love? Nine, nine times out of ten, when they, uh, I'll say it this way, fall out of love, when you fall out of love first, nine times out of ten you fell out of love with Jesus because what happens is, we displace our love. We put in the wrong thing and thinking sometimes. I'm telling you what I know. I'm not telling you what I heard. You put it in the wrong perspective, and it becomes displaced love, and then you don't love the person any longer. I, you have fallen out of an alignment with God because God's love stains throughout eternity once you understand this kind of love. I'm telling you, and you will hurt, but you will go back. You will be disappointed, but you will go back. Don't think about it the world's way. The world's way wants us to forget about people. I think about a mother, a father's love for their children, real fathers, real mothers, not just the seed drops or just having. I'm talking about real fathers and real mothers. When they love a child, when they love their child, it's in the proper perspective. It's in the proper place. doesn't come before any and everything, but comes before most things. Listen, you will show them love through disappointment, through hurt, through pain, when they leave, when they go, when they come, when they back away. You'll love them <laughs> because you have it in the proper place. John, 4, John 12 43, and I'm almost done. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. When you love the praise of men, you have now displaced love. When you love somebody telling you about yours more than what God says, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When he says, when he says, I have made you fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully, I have made you, <laughs> and I love you, and I'll give my life for you, and I gave my life for you. When you love the praise of somebody saying, I love you over God's love, you now have displaced love. Oh, what a hard lesson that was for me. If God loves you more than anything, then you should be able to reciprocate that love for the next person. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God. How you love is so critical. I'm saving my argument, saving my case. All right, just John 12, 43. You read it. You tell me what you think. Can't go too in deep because I need to get to this last one. 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, my goodness. So we know that love is sacrifice. 
Love is aggressively receiving. Love is um, a choice. Love is um, um, not requires serving. And love is having it in its proper perspective, its proper place. Finally, love is profitable. What does that mean? It's useful. It's beneficial. I must read this whole thing. Turn with me, 1 Corinthians 13. I am suggesting, um, heavily suggesting you read this word with me and you read it aloud to yourself or where others can hear you wherever you are. 1 Corinthians 13. Would you please go there with me? I'm going to give you a second. There's something about God's love that is so profound and what he is teaching us. Paul is teaching the Corinthian church in this particular passage. So great is the gift of love. It's the greatest gift that we've ever received. It'll be the greatest gift you can give someone else. I promise you, if you give love, not just on Christmas Day, Christmas season, not just on someone's birthday, but throughout the year, it's going to change not only you, but it will change others. If you learn how to love and have it in its proper and you openly and willingly make a decision and to receive love, to receive that person in love, and to sacrifice and serve that person, I tell you, it will be profitable. Oh, my God. And we're not looking to do this just for profit, for gain, because it's about gain for somebody else when you're serving and when you are sacrificing. But guess what? The good news also is that love is profitable to you. First Corinthians 13, I gave you time. Though I speak with the tongues of men, and I read New King James Version just so you know. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, well, faith is great, right, so that I could remove mountains, I'm bad, big, and bold enough to remove mountains but have not love. I am nothing. 3 of 1 Corinthians 13. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, you give, you give, you give, a give. And though I give my body to be burned but have not love, if I do it, it profits me nothing. Oh, my God, thank you. Love suffered long. Hallelujah. And is kind. Love does not envy. That was a hard lesson for me. Love does not parade itself. Still, I'm struggling with that at times. Is not puffed up. Y'all want to be real about this? It does not behave rudely. Oh, God, help me. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Oh, God, help us does not rejoice in iniquity. Some people care about that, but rejoices in the truth, in the truth of the matter, things that believe all things, that hopes all things, and endures all things. We're talking about love, y'all. It never fails. Love never fails, verse 8. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For if we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. I'm going to read the, new, the Message Bible in just a moment so you can also get this in the Message Bible. It's so, it's so profound, so profound as I get ready to close out. Oh, my gosh. Listen, let's, let's read the rest of that. When I was a child. I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Let me tell you what God revealed to me right here. Why did that go right here? Because he wanted you to understand that loving, it means maturity. Oh, what? You, so what we have is a bunch of babies walking around and no grown, mature adults walking around in the kingdom. Kingdom authority, I'm, I'm here now. Kingdom authority, operating kingdom authority requires you to love in a way that you act like a grown adult. If 
you say that you that you love, you ought to be mature and loving. When you were a child, you didn't know how to love because everything was mine, mine, mine. Y'all hear that? They go, mine. It's not yours. It's, it's your sister Sue's. Uh, mine. It's not yours. It's daddy's. Mine. It's not yours. That belongs to your brother Bob. Let me tell you something. That's a child's way of thinking. But when you get old enough, not with someone may have your stuff, and you may not always say that it's yours if it's in the proper perspective, if you're willing to share. I ain't talking about husbands and wives now. Don't get it twisted. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about certain things. You can't love a thing so much that you are not willing to share it with others. What am I talking about? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me come on. Kingdom authority means you love people so much that you're willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. For God, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave. He loved the world so much. We love the world so much that we're willing to give of ourselves to serve them, to teach them, to humble ourselves, to not be puffed up, to hope all things, believe all things, forgive all things. Love we're talking about. You want to be treated as an adult in the kingdom of God? Learn how to love. <laughs> Y'all didn't know I was going there, but I did. Verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Oh, this is so proud in message Bible. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now, verse 13, uh, by faith, hope, love, these three. Faith, hope, love, these three. Faith, there's hope, and there's love. You got faith, you got hope, you got love. The greatest of these is not faith. Woo, my goodness. Are y'all hearing me? The greatest of things is not faith. The greatest of things is not hope. The greatest thing is what? That's right. You said it. It's love. The greatest of all these things is love. And when you love, it will cause you to operate in faith. Oh, are you hearing me right there? I said when you love, it will cause you to operate by faith, in faith, through faith, and with faith. Oh, my goodness. It causes you to operate in hope because when Jesus came and went to the cross, he operated because of his love for us. But when he went to the, when he went, he, his, whoo, my God, his hope was that someone else would share the gospel. His hope was for you that you will now follow me. He operated in faith. Oh, God, I'm going to the cross. Oh, you just turned your back on me, but that's okay. I got to do this, and I know in return I'm going to gain eternal life, faith. Love will cause you to operate in faith. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. And it will cause you to operate in hope. I need to read this, and then we're going to, get, we're going to pray and get going. Listen, the way of love, 1 Corinthians, the Message Bible. Oh, this is so profound. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. Y'all, I don't know if y'all heard a rusty gate, but a rusty gate sounds horrible. It sounds spooky to me. Listen. Verse 2, if I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, but if I have faith that says to a, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. means nothing. Oh, it's not even really honored the way you need it to be honored or where it should be honored. Verse 3 to 7. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the state to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Did y'all hear that? Oh, my God. Help me, Jesus. Lord, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want it. It doesn't want what it doesn't have. Many of us want something that we don't even have, that we don't even have the faith to go out and get. You want it but you won't take the time to sacrifice in order to get it. Love will cause you to work 
two or three jobs, thank you, honey, in order to support your family. I just learned that. Love, woo, thank you, Jesus. Love will cause you to be able to give up for getting yourself some new shoes so that your child will have the new shoes. Love will cause you to sacrifice you getting the job so that your, your that someone else can have the, a new car, so that someone else can have the car. Love will cause you to do stuff to sacrifice for yourself so that somebody else will have. Y'all not hearing me. Love doesn't strut. It's not puffed up. Doesn't have a swelled up head. You ain't got the big head. Doesn't force itself on, on uh-huh. Oh, there's so much I can say about that. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Lord, help me. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Lord, help us. Doesn't revel when others grovel. It means that you don't take, you don't take, um, uh, you don't like it when people have to grovel and beg you for something. My God. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Puts up with anything. Trust God always. Always look for the best. Never look back. Always looking for the future. But keep going to the end. Help me, Jesus. Love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We know only a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incomplete will be canceled. Did y'all hear that? When the complete, complete. God, Jesus, arise, our incomplete will be canceled. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for, and you learned how to love. Love that way for the rest of your life because now you're um, operating in your kingdom authority. We don't yet we don't yet see these things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, see it all as clearly as God sees it. Woo! As God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God. Did you hear what I said? I feel like coming right there. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly. Oh, my God. Love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. Woo, somebody ought to shout amen right there. Hallelujah. Love, trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly, and the best of the three is love. You can't top that. You cannot top that. This is how you love. You don't get what you should get by the way you love. So I hope you love and right. Now we're going to talk about more proof and how you profit. Love is profitable. If you love, Guess what? You're going to be able to operate with kingdom authority. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We love you, God. We love you, God, because we are determined, and we thank you that love is a sacrifice. We will sacrifice, God. Love is to receive aggressively. We receive others aggressively, God. We take them as our own to love, God. If you let them cross our path, there's an opportunity for us to love them. And so we thank you, Holy Ghost for teaching us how to love. You're the great teacher. It is a choice, and we choose. We are make a conscious decision, a self-chosen opinion, and we are decisive about loving. We're going to be kind to one another. Thank you, O oh God. We have the opportunity to serve, and you require us to serve. You require us to give of ourselves. You require us, God, to love with brotherly affection. And, God, we won't displace this love. We'll put it in its proper perspective. We'll put it in the right place. We'll do unto it as you say to do to it. Do with it, God. We won't do with it just whatever we think is right because, God, our ways are not our ways. Our thoughts are not like your thoughts. And, God, even our thinking is thinking at times. And so, God, help us to put love in its right place, God. And then, God, we understand that love is profitable for us, God. Love is such a wonderful thing, God. It, it causes us, God, to be to benefit, to advance. It causes us, God, to be useful, useful in the kingdom of God, and we glorify you. I pray each and every person will learn to love, and, God, I pray that this message will go across 
the world. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. One quote I want to leave you with, and I thank you for joining Kingdom Authority with Reverend Dancia Jones Morris. I want you to make sure to go to my Facebook, um, Dancia Jones Morris, and please drop something on there. I'm going to post something. I want you to make sure to drop something on there saying what you thought about this particular lesson on tonight. The proof is in how you love. Final quote, love God, love his people, and love yourself. God bless you and have a wonderful night.